Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 179 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Colin Phoenix Tafaya Ford, and joining me in the orange sidewinder for this episode are our Director of Pest Control, Ashley Devine, Dr. Toxic. Good evening. We have our Head of Health and Safety, Ben Moss Woodward, Commander Aidley Weiss. I do hope you've all got your snowshoes on. We also have our head of entertainment, Chris Jarvis, otherwise known as Commander Thane. Hello, good evening. We also have our chief bar steward, Grant Psychocow Wilcott. Hello. And joining us in this rather packed sidewinder for tonight, our uh, director of inhuman resources, Commander Shan. Who's very quiet. Yeah, we did. (laughs) <laughs> if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game in open. I do believe we're at Lave Station today, aren't we? We are. Oh, we are currently at Lave Station. Yes. Yeah, yes. After, after um, so I, I do believe some commander has challenged Commander Toxic to shoot the orange sidewinder whilst in a sidewinder. Is that correct? The gauntlet were thrown down. That is. That is very correct. So we'll just have to wait and see whether or not he can be. But he can. He can uh, live up to his his twitch skills. So we'll just quickly go around the tables then and see how everybody's been doing. So we'll start with Ben. Um, I, I actually had an awesome uh, week since last week. My my family actually came down to Birmingham, and we visited the Christmas market. We managed to spring a surprise on my son when we went off and visited a nice young female not girlfriend friend of his um, and we accidentally arranged to bump into them at the Christmas market in Birmingham uh, which he well which they both really enjoyed and that was that was nice uh, and then I had lots and lots of fun trying to ship the family back up north again on Sunday in Extremely blizzardly, blizzard-like conditions, uh, which I could go into, but the short version is it took us about five hours to get us about three miles, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, Mr. Jarvis, we haven't had you on for a while. What have you been up to? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I've been uh, good. I've been uh, gaming this last weekend. I was at Fragland, which is... Uh, a, a LAN party that uh, is kind of still going. I was thinking about it because LAN parties used to be uh, like quite a quite a big, quite a fun thing, and they've kind of died off now because everyone plays games on the internet. Um, but Fragland is kind of a group of people who, uh, we, well, for me, like I used to LAN with them, sort of you know, fifteen, sixteen odd years ago, uh, and I think some of them go back even further. So we still get together occasionally, and. Um, yeah, and still get together and play. So I do, you know, despite my reputation, I do play multiplayer games from time to time. Um, <laughs> I, I just like it to be in a room with, you know, in a room with the actual people. Um, so you, and it's so you always can throw fun. things at them if, if they do. Yeah, play. basically, basically. I mean, you know, it, it kind of, it sucks to uh, be called names when you go online and be called random things by random people on the internet. But if, you know, if somebody sitting next to you calls you the C word because you've just shot them, that's fine. That's it's a compliment, really, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Absolutely. 
I know. I've, we were talking about the fact that you know, years ago we thought that the C word was the most offensive word we'd ever hear. We never realised that when we grew up it would become a term of endearment for friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so Frankland was really good. That's run by um, Harry Moore, who um, he's, he's just a brilliant guy. He organises the land rooms. Uh, things like, um, you know, Lavecon and um, Elite Meets, stuff like that. Uh, so he's just an absolutely top bloke. Um, yes, I too got stuck in the snow. It took me uh, an hour and a half to get from a small village west of Bedford to the M1, which was depressing. Um, and yeah, another than that, I've just been working on Escape Velocity. More on that, more on that later. I have news, I have things to discuss. Um, and uh, what else have I been doing? Yeah. Uh, don't know, really. Been a bit of a blur. <laughs> well, we'll move on to uh, to to Commander Shan. Um, what have you been up to for the last week? Oh, um, a couple of I weeks, am... actually. Yes. Well, uh, last week I was busy preparing to go on a uh, course. This week I'm actually on the course. Um, drove up to sunny or snowy Birmingham uh, Monday morning at half past five in the morning, uh, which was endless fun and enjoyment. Testing my uh, Cars, grip and handling all the way up. Um, so, yes, I'm currently sitting in a hotel room in Birmingham with laptops and wires everywhere, hoping the technology works. <laughs> and hoping that the hotel Wi-Fi holds up. It's not too bad, actually. I did a speed test and it's 8 meg, um, so it's not too bad for hotel Wi-Fi, and it's free. <laughs> Usually Is that you go 8 meg up or down? Uh, 8 meg up. and That's better than I've got down. at home. Hang on, that can't be right. Well, it's free. Usually the hotel Wi-Fi, they want to charge you extortionate amounts for two megabits or something. So it's not that, too bad. That, that's weird, eight up and two down, because usually it's like a lot more going, coming down than going up. It depends on, on the day that you do it, because uh, <laughs> I must admit I've had problems lately. Mm. Or maybe there's anyway. a couple in the room nearby um, streaming various movies. <laughs> Quite possible. Well, that, that made me feel uncomfortable. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, Dr. Toxic, what have you been up to for the last week? Not streaming movies. No, That's um, a relief to hear. <laughs> Chris, unfortunately, the traffic like that around here is all the time, not just when it snows. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Bedford has always been a... Black hole for traffic. Are we? Are you that area? Are you the very glad Yeah, if you head into the town centre, I could meet you down there for a pint without getting in a car. <laughs> we used to have that <laughs> in the centre of Bedford, actually. There used to be a um, uh, an office building on the middle kind of ring road that had a floor that was vacant, and we used to occupy that for Fragland. Until the incident, and then I don't think we were allowed back. <laughs> The incident, uh, uh, no. no I, so you're, I think this that's a conversation we'll have off air, shall we? <laughs> so your land party, the only land parties I remember were poor lands. And when you were sort of 16, you'd go there and exchange tapes to copy. And then that'd be, it yeah. was less of a land party, more of a pirate party. Well, this is the thing, because I was commenting on the fact that the internet has the internet killed LAN parties in, in two ways. One is that obviously it made multiplayer gaming easy across the internet, so there was no need to have LAN parties anymore. And the other thing is LAN parties were really the only place you used to get a decent porn collection. Because you'd go and everyone 
you'd go and everyone would open up their PC shares and you'd kind of share each other's stuff kind of thing. Whereas now, like, you know, who bothers? Who oh, bothers? I mean, it's, it's we all know that the internet is for porn, don't we? Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, that's, that's two very precious things that the internet has taken away from land parties. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this now. Grant, Psycho, Kyle, Wolcott, please save us. What have you been up to this week? <laughs> oh, I'm going to raise that level up. It's been an amazing week, actually, for, for me. I, I, and um, again, any of you that were up all night uh, taking part in the live stream, you know it's been a, a really kind of emotional evening and lots of things have happened that have been amazing over the last week. Um, a certain person not too far away from us at the minute uh, arranged something and managed to get one over on me, which we'll probably talk about later on because um, there's a huge amount of uh, thanks to go out again. I don't know if I've done enough yet. I'm not sure how many months I have to keep this going until such point as I feel like I've represented my appreciation. But for now, Ben <laughs> will no longer be the smelly member of the crew in my eyes. He's <laughs> raised himself up and away from that after arranging a an amazing surprise. So that was cool. Uh, other than that, I've not actually been in game. I've been um, running a lot of stuff behind the scenes, um, working on the Hutton TV channel, which need, needs to be remodeled again, but this time on a 1080p monitor, so that it's not quite as ridiculously big as it is. But if you want to have a check at that, that is uh, tv.forthemug.com. And we're basically trying to create a little TV, uh, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Mixer collation for all the streamers that are truckers so that in their streaming they can be found easily by people who might not be following them and therefore not relying on the host system which isn't great on Twitch and also cross-platform means that when we have events you can see who's streaming what and switch the television to whichever channel you want. So it works quite cool. I mean quite chuffed with what I've managed to do with it. It did look like something from a school project from the 1990s, so I'm kind of trying to decrapify it as we speak. <laughs> um, I am not a designer. I have done the back-end code to do the things it should do. I had some fantastic stuff where it would go on to the likes of YouTube and Twitch and find everybody streaming Elite, except you find out very quickly how different these platforms are. And if you're asking... But why haven't you got Facebook Live? I'll tell you. Because it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not because it's a crap platform, because that's a, you know, it's a wonderful way to stream to all the people that you like and that you like you and that you want to see it. And therein lies the problem. YouTube is public. Um, unless you say it's private. And in that case, I can't find the information, so that's cool. Uh, Twitch is public. Mixer is public, so they don't have to have any kind of authorization from you, the end viewer, as to whether or not you're allowed to watch the video that's currently on there. So when it comes to the Facebook integration, it becomes a uh, right royal pain in the arse. So stuff that for a game of sojis. And um, oh, they will do, Graham. Yeah, that they will have to. This I'm all core stuff at the moment. I'm doing there. Uh, a data security and GDPR course, which for people in the know is all about uh, privacy, use of data, and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's interesting stuff afoot for um, social media in that they can no longer, for example, uh, assume you are given consent for them to um, use your stuff. They, you have to explicitly say, Yes, I give consent, and they can't do the usual trick of pre ticking the box saying, 
Yeah. We want to do so. Won't that be a right ball ache for every single time I go out on Twitch, say, yes, I really do mean that I want my content to go out on Twitch. It's not quite that like that. Be but yeah, because that's not really a social media platform. That's a streaming platform. So you're on there to stream to the public. And But for having a ban list, it doesn't quite fit into the same thing as if you think of the privacy settings on Facebook where it's actually sharing content and details. What you say in your live stream is up to you. You know, If you happen to leave your mic on when you go for a pee and it's a radio mic, then so be it. Everyone will be doing the maths. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually possible we, we, to do the maths on that. But we you know had I mean. quite a scary demo, actually. Um, it was yesterday where it, you know where you have a pop-up and say such and such app wants to use your mic what it will do is it will listen in and if you talk about holidays the next time you go to a facebook page or something it will it will list up holidays on what you're talking about <sighs> well that's good i'm scottish so it's never going to work for us so we're safe no true <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> It never does. So yeah, that's. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of interesting changes over the the coming years on the internet as many bizarre laws get passed onto through back doors. If we've seen anything by uh, what's going on in the states, um, so you know, eventually we're all going to be owned by Donald Trump. Okay, on that on that enlightening note and hopeful note. Um, I'll just quickly go over what I've been up to for the last couple of weeks. Um, I managed to kill my first Thargoid, which was quite nice. Uh, Thargoids have feelings too! No, they don't. They're horrible, murderous bugs. And families. (laughs) Do you want to know them? Do you want to know more? Anyway, the... (laughs) I've got to give a a thanks to uh, Commanders Axel (laughs) Reese and Nemesis with a one, who were my wingmen. Uh, basically did all the donkey work, actually, while my, my Ferdinand's all danced about. That was quite fun. Um, the uh, the RPG matching site is is basically feature complete. I'm just waiting for um, the host the hosting site to get their act into gear. So hopefully we'll be able to start setting up groups. Uh, <laughs> your RPG dating service will be available soon. Uh, and, of course, um, there was this other thing that happened... Um, which we will be going over, and I think one of my highlights is it will be listed there. So I think that that about covers me for this for this last week. So shall we move to the development news? Yes, we can do. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, so well, first of all, we have we've got update two point four point zero eight. Now, this is was was absolutely tiny. Is a tiny, tiny patch that came through. I think it was about 5.6 meg. <laughs> but they won't specify um, what was in it or what it fixed. So as you can imagine, a lot of people went a bit ballistic on the forums about that. <laughs> I think it was just a, a, a bug fix patch. But um, is that what everybody's agreeing I, I have suspicions that this patch that we're not being told about is actually relates to something I think we might be talking about later with mm. Frontier's recent no you can't play our game kind of stuff and I think there might be stuff in there that helps them identify and locate things a little bit easier oh come on mm-hmm. it's, it's, the, it's the updated ban list See, what could it be an updated ban God, could you imagine that how big the ban list would be if it's 5 megs and that's presumably just text. What if it literally was a bug fix 
what if it was fixing the thargoids? Fixing thargoids. <laughs> and it was a bug fix. Oh, yes, a bug fix. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Because thargoid behavior has changed somewhat and been a bit more predictable, certainly in wings. Um, what was it? Pr- prior to the patch, if you were in a wing, then um, killing a thargoid was more difficult than what it was when you were solo. Mm. Um, but the last few times I've been in wings with people, that difficulty difference seems to have narrowed somewhat, and that was post patch. No. Whether it's one of these you know, placebo effects, things, I don't know, but uh, certainly when I've been in wings, it's been easier than it was. So <laughs> sure, maybe it was a bug fix. Maybe it's got something to do with the next item on the agenda, the fact that we've now got Class 3 AX weapons. <laughs> Has anybody had a chance to use them yet? Oh, yes. And are they good? They are jolly fun indeed. Yes. I mean, I've, I've actually got some on my Ferdinand's now. So, um, <laughs> or one of the, the the big Class 4 hard points got one on. And it, it does help, I must admit. I did notice the difference. So it's, um, it's now extremely doable to solo a Thargoid without using missiles, just by the multi cannons. Assuming you've got a ship with th- uh, four class three hard points on it or greater, but uh, yeah, it's you needn't have the missiles now. But but the class three missile launcher now has more missiles, which means you could potentially run uh, three multi cannons and one set of missiles. And uh, this two and two. I mean, the fact that they've they've made it class three that opens up the possibility of using a whole separate load of ships now. I mean, the Python is going to be an absolute beast against uh, against Thargoids now. The the Python is very good. It tends to have a weaker hull than some of the Federal ships, um, but it's it is a very competent anti-Thargoid ship now because the the hard point placement is very good in the Python as well. Has, any, has anybody else had a chance to? to encounter these things. I'm not going to even bother asking Ben because he's a bug lover. I've been in, I've been involved in a Thargoid battle. I had my arse handed to me about 15 to 16 <laughs> times um, and then failed to get anything from it whatsoever apart from, you know, a very hefty rebuy screen, but that was because I was fighting it in an ASP. Hmm. So, I mean, what we'll do is um, I'll, we'll just go over quickly the in-game events and then come back to the big main headliner on this one. Um, so, I mean, obviously we've seen the first solo basilisk kill by Tainted Wanderer. Um, who put that one in the notes? Because I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Okay. Fair enough. This this was some. Yeah. This it might have been me. Um, I mean, it did. It might have been me. Might have been Shan. It did seem to be a very heavily engineered um, anaconda that took it on. So (laughs) I I probably wouldn't recommend that um, people go out in their cobras. Yeah, I did notice that some people. Oh no, there wasn't that. There was. Yeah, it's just I know that some people are kind of antsy about it, but it seems to be it seems to be legit. It's been, it's been confirmed though. It has been confirmed. What the first solo battle? The first kill, yeah. Yes, it's it's been confirmed. Okay, because I don't think it was confirmed when I originally posted it, but this was posted last week when we weren't on the air. So mm. I have to. I I've slept since then. I can't remember what was in there. <laughs> Well, the the next thing to worry about is, um, well, 
not worry about, but they seem to be in a slight slip. Some people on the Xbox spotted a Type 10. Yeah, now that was awesome. Um, because there's <laughs> nothing it. funnier than someone posting something genuinely and then being barraged with a bunch of accusations of being a lying <laughs> so-and-so and run off the internet with, you know, like... And they're, they're going, but no, I can see it just now, I'm looking at it. It's right there in front of me. And no, no, you're a lying troll, you. You should be banned from the internet from... No, I can see it right in front of me, look. I'll give you a screen grab. You've doctored that. And it's all because, of course, it was Antarius Fusion. No, it's not. It's not. Wasn't entirely. <laughs> <laughs> he is. A, he is a, a filthy fibber. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. And of course, yeah. Now everybody else is too. So will Frontier do a redesign? Will he drop its mass by about what fifty percent and make it one of the smallest chips in the universe? <laughs> yeah. Well, it gave away quite a, a lot. People have been overanalyzing the the Type Ten. Uh, I mean, what can we say? Just wait until it appears. It'll appear at some point. Just a lot of people. I mean, do you find this that the fact that the Type Ten's been mentioned an awful lot? People seem to be over enthusiastic about it. No, we're all looking for that hefty, hefty. I mean, the Corvette is an awesome ship. The Cutter is beautiful. Um, if you don't, if you if you don't mind flying something that's essentially skating on ice. Um, <laughs> It's, I was worried you know, where you were going to go there. I, I, I love my Type 9, and the thought of something that turns even slower as a brick in space <laughs> really excites me. But, you know, we've got the um, the other ship, what was that called, with the two big engines in the back as well? Um, the, oh, not the Goliath. Centurion? That new one. Yeah, that's it. Was it a Centurion? Is it a Centurion? Looking at the Twitch chat. What's the other one? What's the new one? What's the new one? So the cutter is a. It if it's, I think it's a Centurion, the new one from FX, and that does look good. Yes. So I mean, that looks like a, a nice uh, alternative to the Type Ten, but I think if the Type Ten is a nice big hefty trader with a bit of balls, so that it can take on some pirates, um, something that you can put all your cargo in, and have chieftain. That's the one. Um, something you can put all your cargo in and still have room for some shields is what I'm looking for. <laughs> Because <laughs> that would help immensely. Because at the current, of course, I'm flying with the full um, cargo manifest in my Type 9 without shields. And tonight on my way to please, leave, I got blasted. Please tell me, Grant, that you've actually docked up at least. Have a chuff. So, that, so if you go off and die, you're not going to be back at Doncom or whatever. No, I was back at, <laughs> I was at Winner's Hole. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Almost as bad. In the Lakota system, do not crash into me, you buggers! I am running. I don't even know what my hull's at, but it's not good. <laughs> it's it's been a bumpy run. You're at seventy eight percent at the moment. God. I've so uh, far taken out two of Ben's fighters. Your T 9s next. No. Oh no. <laughs> but I think the Type Ten. I'm really excited, and this the stats. The the, the was it the 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 hard points. The elite stats. Yeah. Make it look yeah. very very defendable. <laughs> in, a, in a way, it's a shame the chap who found it didn't quite have the cash to buy it or try to buy it. Um, he, he could have sold everything he had and, and brought it to try it, but then you'd have to sell your engineered ship. So it's a bit of a shame someone with more money didn't come in and then try to buy it to see what would happen. Um, it was rectified very quickly. I mean, it was a bug it of the was, Xbox. Yeah. 
and it was rectified awfully quickly. So, so do I'm you not think surprised. it was a legitimate picture of a Type 10, or do you think it's something that's not a Type 10 or made up, or what's your view of it? Yeah, it could be placeholder, um, and it could be, because, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think if something's in there as a placeholder on the Xbox, it means it's definitely on its way. But would it not be more... It's a strange one for it to be... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we know that people have been data mining and doing various other things that I, I, I don't fully approve of trying to... Yeah, to, to try and to, get more information. Yeah, and I the mean... information matches up. Yeah, I think the concern I have about the Type Ten is everyone's so excited about it. It if can't it live turns up, up. Yeah, if if it turns up and it's a Type Nine that's crashed into Halfords, <laughs> I'm just kind of wondering <laughs> if people will be disappointed with it. No, you don't need to wonder about it. People are going to be disappointed with it anyway. I think, but not that right. I'm getting cynical about the forums at the moment. Um, right. Well, the latest Galnet news article seemed to to pique a lot of uh, people's interest about the Aegis Research Program. Um, ben, this is this is your kind of thing, or this lovey dovey stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I was quite pleased about that when I read about the the research program. Um, it's nice that they're. You know, they're trying to talk to things and you know look into stuff and find out what the maps are all about. And I mean, I do wonder: is this an actual one that came out of Frontier? That's the only thing I was wondering about. Is it one that came out of Frontier, or has it come from a player group? I guess it must have come from Frontier because I didn't think players yeah, I, submitted Galnet articles are. I think no, players can't uh, can't submit Galnet articles anymore. They've taken that under. Oh, they've taken that okay. Yeah, they've okay, taken that, that completely in house, and definitely anything that to do with Aegis mm. is, is marked as, um, yeah, coming from Frontier. What I, thought, what I thought of when I read the article was the 1980s uh, song "Star Trekking," and it was the "We Come and Please Shoot to Kill." Shoot to kill. Yes. Well. There has I, been over the last, off. yeah, over the last um, couple of, uh, couple of hours, well, 24 hours, to be honest, we, we've got a couple of very stressed out and tired community people. Now, that has been because Frontier have done their special effect live stream. And, um, well, they raised £53,000 for special effect. And, Woo! yeah. I must admit, did anybody... It's gone up actually a couple of hundred now. Um, the current value is 53,690. <laughs> that's, that's gone up about four, five hundred since the stream actually ended. Wow. <laughs> so have they closed the donations now? Are they still accepting donations? No, they're still accepting donations. So it yeah. could go higher still. Yep. <laughs> so what we'll do is, um, obviously... There was one big bit of uh, elite news. Well, there's two bits, actually. There was uh, David Braben announcing the old-style Thargoid ship will be flying around the game next year sometime. And um, we also saw the the update to the new planets, which will be coming hopefully in quarter one. Um, so, I mean, what did people think about those? I was working and doing homework, so I didn't see all of it. 
but I I managed to catch the the bit of people I'm talking about. But I did see a picture of the plant tree uh, update, and it looks stunning. It really did look stunning. Just and even though the planet was beige-ish, it looked stunning. It was more of an orangey beige-ish, though. I mean, I loved how we saw the ejector from the crater scattered out. It looked like it went almost over halfway down the globe, didn't it? It did, yes. Um, um, that must have been one heck of an impact. Are we calling it Fifty Shades of Beige then? <laughs> no. Well, this is this is an orange one with nice black bits, wasn't it? It looks stunning compared to what we have now. It was, it was mm. exceptional, and as you say, the ejection from the crater and the way the terrain changed was very, very, very good. They're getting amazing, at, you know, these graphical updates in the planets more and more now. Uh, with regards to the the Thargoid ship. Do you know, remember mm-hmm. when, you, when you buy a board game and it comes with cards and they're all in that card and you have to punch them out and push the bits out? Yes. Yeah. Does that it, was the most fun of the board game. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously sometimes it was, especially in the likes of Guess Who. No, it's nobody. Um, but in the, in the case of the Thargoid, does it not just look like someone's got one of the new Thargoid ships and then just popped the middle out? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, uh. I can't wait to see what they're like in, in game um, flying around. It's quite exciting to have the concept of having that wonderful bit of are they going to be the kind of uh, fighters now that you're going to get coming in to support the the larger scouts um, and the basilisks? Who, who, you know, are, are they going to be the uh, replacing the Thargons? You know, 4,000 of those little things pop out of the thing. That'll be... I, I won't do the opposite. I'd make them super tough. So people think, ah, a little thing would be fine. And it's like the equivalent of four basilisks or something. This is one little shit. Just to kind of mine the salt, maybe we'll get wiped out. <laughs> Sledge Collier is, is, is apologising to me, but I'm not sure why. Did you batter my ship? Did you, did you batter my ship? Right. It's knock for knock is what it is. So, okay, what we'll do is... Um, Everybody's noted down some uh, of the favourite highlights of the stream. So I'll just quickly go around the, the group and say, right, which which would you be your top favourite, Ben? Yeah, I don't want to say my top favourite. That's what I've not been trying. That's what I've not been trying to get my attention, your attention for. Um, I wanted to just quickly ask, actually, about the the. All the the Thargoid ships that David was tr- uh, was asking us about, or telling us about, and did he actually make comments referring to them being the same ones that we saw in Elite eighty four? Yes, he did. So, you know, are these the the same Thargons that we were fighting when we were in Akobra three in Elite eighty four? Which might mean we've actually got Thargoid skite ships, for the sake of a better word. That can be taken out by mere mortals. Yes. And then we've got the the what well, um, the Medusa. What is it? It's the basilisk or something like that. The basilisk and the cyclops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so we got them, and so what? What you're hinting yeah. at is that the these little these scouts are not going to be as hard as as, as Shannon Ashley want it. <laughs> they're going to be something that a Cobra could take out if it's well-equipped. Well, it was a, a Cobra could take out an Elite 84, so if it's the same ship, then maybe a, well-equipped a well Cobra should be able to take it out 
in Elite Dangerous. You know, give us a good old Iron Asp. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting because I, I was thinking just when you were talking about this, about how if you look at the uh, Inra logs, they talk about, oh, God, it's a mothership or whatever. Yep. Is that the Cyclops they're talking about? Mm. And, well, that's, that's, or is it a hive ship? Or is it a, yeah, I don't think we've seen it yet. And who, who's to I say that this know. Thargoid yeah. is, even belongs to the same faction of Thargoids? That is true as well. It does look significantly different, doesn't it? Mm. But so, it might be the Thargoid equivalent of like a, a biplane or something. You know, it might <laughs> be like the, the cannon fodder they throw at people just to kind well, of... Not only that, but we've got you know my current pet theory that the guys we've been playing with aren't the actual bad guys. And this... Thargoid that we're seeing crashed into thing is the bad Thargoids and the ones who are just using us as meat shields aren't really our enemies this is I what guess I've been it trying depends. to say I guess it depends if the new Thargoids that um, David Braben talked about yesterday if, if they shoot on sight and don't like womble things up womble <laughs> <laughs> things up well, they are. They're like wombles, aren't they? Because if you, if, you, if you watch them, they just sweep up all the debris like wombles. Oh, I see what you're getting at. Yes, yes. So they're just coming in, cleaning everything up, collecting all the all the canisters and yeah, any killing wombles. Yeah, collecting all the things Uncle that Bulgaria. everyday people leave behind. Is, is... <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I can just... actually see it now. They're, ju- they're just collecting everyday people. <laughs> And their ships so, that they're growing you... underground that become overground. Oh my god! We've just cracked it! <laughs> Space wombles. So the hive ship is going to be called the Bulgaria class. Oh, we need some good hairspray. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Watch out. We're being intercepted by a Madame Choulet. Watch out for the Orinoco. <laughs> That's a great oh, name for a ship, by the way. Watch the Wellingtons and watch out for the Tomsk. <laughs> oh no, I'm showing my age. That's how you're going to tell when the Thargoids awesome have been to a planet, um, is you'll see all the welly prints. <laughs> and don't forget to get a copy of the Times. So, does the Bulgaria class read down there instead of the Times? <laughs> oh no, it'd have to be the Times. It'd have to be the Galactic Times. Oh god, it's another Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Talking of which, I'm actually looking at a teddy bear Uncle Bulgaria that I've had since God knows when. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> Grant, what were your highlights? Of the of the live stream? Well, <coughs> there are... <laughs> yeah, not of any Womble. <laughs> not, of, well, not of the Womble's television series. <laughs> oh, oh God. Live stream, Right, yes, okay, yeah. it falls on me to, to raise the level back into the topic at hand, <laughs> does, we're all screwed. Right, um, I happen to have many, many, many highlights of the stream, because it was absolutely, uh, uh, for me, um, we were kind of all about, oh, you're not having anybody on the stream, you're not having some streamers. I think the fact that they combined Planet Coaster and Elite together for the stream meant that they had enough content to keep it absolutely flipping awesome um and one of my personal highlights and i'm not a big <laughs> i'm not a big planet coaster player <laughs> which is very ironic 
at this current time. And I <laughs> was probably, other than you know, seeing Adam Woods in the Mr. Blobby costume again is always a laugh, but I think the particular section where they were demoing the level that was made by one of the Planet Coaster community that was had taken seriously ill and they were all trying to help her finish that level before she passed and, and didn't. To give that such an airing and such a, a and to hear the emotion in these peoples, it just reminds you, you know, we're used to the elite community being freaking awesome. That planet coaster community is just as amazing, um, and that, that was one of the hugest highlights for me, most definitely. Ooh, Ben. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely agree with you that that I didn't even know who Annika was until I saw that stream, and then I thought, yeah, that's. I mean, I know the Planet Community, Planet Coaster community is awesome, but that just really emphasised it. I'll agree with you there. But I think my, I'm going to go with it though. I think my, my personal highlight would was definitely the uh, the RPG that they all did. Oh, um, and I loved how the stream were asking, "Bo, are you really geeky enough that you're you're enjoying this?" And Bo was like, "Hell yes, I am," <laughs> and you could tell she were. Space that, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah she, was, she was lethal. She was totally OP, wasn't she? Really? She, yeah. Bo was awesome in it. <laughs> and then, I mean, I loved Ed was great, and this is, I mean, they were all great in it, really. But <laughs> yeah. it's an ocean. Uh, we it's, should probably add. We should probably add for those of you that missed the stream. They are planning on cutting it together somehow and getting it uploaded at some point so that you will be able to go through it. They are not going to release all of the special... What did they call them? Um, oh, Craig, I can't even think of the word now. I'm so, so tired. What the, the special effects? All the um, different videos they had for the milestones, the yeah, milestone videos. Those yeah. Um, they're not going to release them separately because they want them to remain where they were so that it actually has context. Um, so, you know, if you haven't seen it, Craig, you know what? You're going to have to spend 24 hours over a week catching up with every bit of it because there wasn't any sections that were, you know, skippable. It, it flowed beautifully. Well, In fact, that's what made it very difficult for a lot of us to go to bed. Also, the number of views they had was just stunning because as I was, um, I think I went to bed at about 11 o'clock just after the, uh, the Sandro interview thing. And uh, I happened to wake up at four in the morning when they were doing the bit, uh, which I would mention as a highlight. And there were still 1,600 people watching it. And indeed, I believe they had a raid from the Yogscast stream, which I had a whole new level of people it came was. in. It went up to about 3,600. Yeah. Amazing, your yes, cast, yeah, but that was that was beautiful and right, the right time when they were beginning to just the energy was just beginning to hint that you know they might be struggling a little bit, and then boom, in comes a huge influx of new people, new excitement, new interest, new chatters, and uh, that was about the point. I was just thinking, you know what, I really should get some sleep. I've got to drive in the morning at some point, <laughs> but it was just too interesting. It was just too much fun. Um, I think if you likened it to being invited to a party, all I don't know about it the same for the rest of you guys, but I just wanted to be down there. Uh, I must admit, I did. Especially when the band came out. Oh, God, yeah. The late band. I mean, my highlights have, have obviously been, let's see, it was David Braben's reaction to, first of all, docking 
on the old um, Elite 84, <laughs> which he was he was very relieved that he was able to do it. And also the fact that um, when he was attacking other ships, one of them had the audacity to fire a missile at him. <laughs> and it was hilarious. <laughs> Um, I mean, I personally have to apologize to, to Sandy uh, Simarco because forever and a day, I thought he was directly responsible for the Han Solo dance routine in the Star Wars Kinect game. He's completely denied it. He says he's had, he had nothing to do with it. So I, I've now got to... to we can still blame him for it. To be but, fair, he could only deny because people are, he's getting fed up with people pointing the finger at him for it. <laughs> If he says that he didn't do it, I actually believe him, okay? So... Yeah, I believe him, but we can still blame him. What's the truth, <laughs> what's the truth got to do with anything? <laughs> my my favourite bit, and it's, uh, I, I woke up at four in the morning and just sort of caught the start of it, uh, was the uh, eating gross food game uh, run by <laughs> Steve Kirby and the rest of the community team. And oh my goodness me! I mean, he started off quite mild with like worms on toast and things. <laughs> um, but then Bo, I've forgotten his name, but basically um, she exclaimed that she still got its butt hairs in her mouth <laughs> from the bug, and that's all she could taste. Was that, was that not some hair. kind of of maggots? Wasn't it? It something like that. Yes. Um, but I think Zach took the biscuit, and I think it was a giant shield bug, which it looked on screen. It looked about as big as a round of toast. <laughs> was it not? And was it a what? Was it a water or what was it? it was a water? Something? Water beetle. Yep. Yeah, water beetle, something like that. It, was, it was a water boatman, but it was freaking huge. It was. It was like a thargoid, wasn't it? Really, he was eating a thargoid, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they yeah. put them. It was described as people who had tasted them before, with like eating. Um, it had a very licorice taste to it, allegedly, oh. which was turned out to be a complete lie, because it made a, a quite a crunchy sound as he bit into it, and then of course the uh, the insides all came into his mouth and leaked. Oh <laughs> goodness me! It was. I was always happy when it happens to someone else. <laughs> the things he does for uh, for charity. That crunch, though, he, he deliberately bent over to the microphone. I've got a feeling did, yeah. we're going to hear that sound in game for a long time to come. <laughs> it was the most <laughs> horrific crunch you have ever heard in your life. Uh, Falco took that hashtag for the crunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, uh, it's only getting worse. Yeah, I mean, there was a, oh. I must admit, I got into trouble at work for laughing out loud at a certain Mr. Blobby and Ed Normans. And I literally had tears and snot running down my seen, face. I haven't seen that yet, but I, he, he was on that. They were on at Lavecon last year, and it was literally tears running down your mouth. It was so funny. He couldn't sit down. But <laughs> every time he sat down, the inflated costume popped up so he couldn't see. So you just ended up <laughs> lying horizontal on the couch. Had he got the voice working this time? Because at late time, he didn't realise it had a Mr. Blowy voice change doing it until right at the end. Oh, no, that was that was our radio mic that we set up for him. Um, All right, okay. He just didn't realise that we had it on and he wasn't talking. So it was just... Uh... <laughs> Oh my and, and 
And let's be honest, it, it, it was an evil blobby, wasn't it? <laughs> it was an evil blobby for blowing up Ed's personal ship. <laughs> he self-destructed it, yeah. That was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny, though. <sighs> there have been calls for a blobby blobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> a blobblehead. <laughs> a blobblehead, yes. Ah, uh, dear. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, Grant, you were quite lucky, weren't you? <laughs> Well, you know what? There's, there's, there's two things we can talk about. One of them is the ironic one, um, where I, I seem to have found myself trapped in a, some kind of uh, time paradox system. <laughs> no matter how much money I put in, I can only win the same thing. Um, <laughs> which is brilliant, because, of course, but then again, I can't really talk about that without talking about the other particular special um, I think it's a good time to bring that one up, Ben. What do you reckon? You can mention it if you want to. Excellent. Right, so, as we know, as part of Special Effects, they run a blind auction every year. And every year they change the prizes up a little bit. They added more. They Certainly they put in a whole load of Project Coaster prizes this year. You had dinner with the devs. You had the gold-painted Anaconda, the chrome David Braben bubblehead. We had the... Um, oh, crikey, there was the... Oh, the capital ships. Yeah. To yeah name, name the megaship. Name a megaship and well, name sure a dockable megaship. Well, megaship class and dockable megaship. Amazing. So, uh, and of course, the Type 9 cow exclusive skin. Now, as with all things Frontier, there's always some kind of backlash. There's always people going, oh, but that was make more money if you if you were to sell it in the shop again as my brother uh, Simufus would say he was just cursing and swearing all the time whenever he saw comments like that like yeah okay right so what you're saying is we should only put things people don't want into the charity auction because that's how we'll make money so I of course thought yeah, here we go having bid in the last well crakey two charity auctions and come away with exactly jack shit um, <laughs> and, and and seeing it going for just a little bit more than <laughs> I donated 250 pounds uh, no that's that's not quite true mind wipe that's not quite true I think I own two of the most expensive copies of Planet Coaster known to man but that's not what it's about <laughs> It is about the support. I mean, that's the thing. These are all bonuses, and that's how I look at it. The cow skin thing and bidding on the blind auction is using uh, any budget you have or you set aside for these things, which I do. Um, and use Who is chipping away at my type 9? Oi, you're going to send me back to winner's hall. Um, so, you know, you bid on these things with a view of giving them what you can afford to the charity, and anything that you win is a bonus. So having had figures from the last years on my head of what they went for or what I thought they'd gone for, I had a rough idea of where I was going to bid in and I went for it. And of course, come on the Wednesday or was it the Thursday, Thursday night, uh, Thursday afternoon, I got an email from Frontier just saying, congratulations, you've been successful, make the donation, send us proof of that, and then we'll catch up with you after the 24-hour stream to make all the other arrangements and things. So I'm like, fantastic, yeah, dancer. So I thought, you know, this is going to be a great story to sort of talk about on Hut News on the Thursday night, I'll have a wee chat about it afterwards, and then it's going to be great fun. Um, of course... That is not how the day worked out at all. <laughs> because in the background, unbeknownst to me, there was a certain person by the name of 
Benethy. And Benethy was working hard um, to try and put one over on the old cow. And he managed it with an amazing effect because he came tottering into the news studio in Hutton Orbital News live, uh, babbling on about something or other that I wasn't really listening to. And so I muted them and um, (laughs) tried to get our script back on course. Then something just began to sink in and I thought, oh, hold on a minute. And I started to sort of pay a bit more attention to find out that Mr. Ben had been uh, hunting around in the background, getting an awful lot of the amazing community that we all know and love involved in creating their bid on my behalf for that cowskin to try and ensure that I would win that. Now, they had to get because it had to be done in the whole terms of a blind auction, so essentially they were uh, they were given special permission to add it to the total that I'd already bid, which is amazing. So, um, and and they were not granted any special information. They couldn't even be told that I had bid, which is brilliant. <laughs> so they were trying to do that, and of which course, is why Grant on the Tuesday I was busy fishing you fishing with you when I phoned you up on Tuesday night for information. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah, you got this thing going off, Grant. Yeah, yeah, that seems awfully psycho-cow-like, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) It was brilliant. And and, and then, of course, I have a huge list of people to thank. And I've tried, as every chance I've been able to say thank you to all the different groups that have been involved and to everybody that gave money towards that, that even gave up their ability to put an entry into the the actual uh, raffle, which is something that they did. And I cannot say that I am any more humble than I was. It was a fantastic thing to do on my behalf. And uh, the end result was a massive, um, close to a thousand pounds addition to the bid. Um, yeah, we had we added on 950 quid, which I was absolutely flawed with, considering the fact that this was basically... Monday morning through till Thursday about 9am. about lunchtime, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was Thursday, Thursday lunchtime I had to get things off to Frontier. So, yeah, I, I eventually I sent Zach an email saying, Hi, Zach, I think we can add on £930 onto Grant's bid. And then, of course, a few minutes later, actually, you know that 9.30, could you go make it 9.50, please? Um, but that was all right. A spectacular amount, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic amount to go to Special Effects, the one charity that we all really do feel an awful lot of love and, and uh, admiration for what they achieve, which is spectacular. So to have that added to the bid, it put a nice huge chunk into their pot. And of course, yeah, it got, you know, it got better from that because I won the, the skin as well, so... Um, how to thank these people? Um, yeah, there was a cow factor. I mean, I've, I've not got a problem. It was a good sort of. I think, I'm trying to think what, exactly what I'd put on it because I was assuming. So does this the last couple sorry, of years? Does this mean? Yeah. Does this mean that Ben now owns the black spots on your cow skin? <laughs> well, as, as we a, all do technically. Yeah, as a, yeah, it was a cooperative effort. And, to, to see all the names that were involved. Is Amazing colour in the store. Are you going to buy it? <laughs> well, one of the things that was 
complained about about the Chaos King was the fact that there was so much demand for it. And that was nice to sort of secure that, but I'd already thought that I'd won that on my own. So, I, of course, no idea of what how apt it is as a community icon to be out there. So I'm going to use that, obviously, for as much as I can. Whenever there is a, a community event, I'll have to be using that because it represents the best of the Elite Dangerous community, and I will wear that skin with pride. And well, I why aren't you wearing it now, then? Because <laughs> I haven't not got it yet. Game yet. Um, it may well be up and put it on. It's not there. It's not there yet. They'll sort it out over the next weeks or so, um, along with all the special effects that people bid over six dollars or six pounds. Um, they are all entitled to get the special effects skin, and that will be getting sorted out over this next week as well. So just give them a chance to recover from what is essentially an epic stream and they will get back onto that. So I know there's an awful lot of people that will be going for dinner with the devs soon, which is awesome. There is so many special prizes that have raised thousands upon thousands of pounds for the charity, and to take it to that massive 53,000 total, um, it's an honour. It's an actual honour to be That's supported by the community that I you know, love being part of. And yeah, you guys couldn't have got it more right, I don't think. I don't think you could have got a more perfect Christmas gift for me than what you did. And then to find out exactly all the wee sods that have been sneaking about, like my brother, who... <laughs> we, oh, he had to sign out of the group for a bit, because apparently he was... You, you, you guys were together, and then he was getting all these alerts, and he was scared that you were going to see these alerts on his phone. Yeah, he played a blinder, and then the live radio crew all being, you know, suspiciously silent about it. How you guys managed to keep a secret? <laughs> I will never know. I you know, I don't know how we kept it from you because, as Ben said on the Hutton Orbital show, you are everywhere. You really are everywhere. So we we can't talk about it anywhere without you picking up. <laughs> yeah, some sort of wind of it. It must be one of those things where you're so used to being added to these group, but it must be a <laughs> nightmare to try and go, oh crap, we've added them to that one. What are we going to talk about now? Um, but it didn't happen. You guys did an absolutely amazing job. And thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of Special Effects as well. Thank you so much to everybody that either got involved and promoted that group to help raise that total or whether you put a donation in yourself. Um, it's amazing. So. Um, with the other donations that we put in, because I think um, I was chatting to Jester D throughout the night, because we were kind of spreading our um, donation budget across the evening to try and get the maximum. Uh, no, to be honest, we were trying to make Ed our dancing, performing monkey for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I did like you saying, Ed, I'll give you £50 if you speak in a Scottish accent for the next five minutes. Oh, that that was painful. I didn't that, specify that really time. He was painful. <laughs> I like the fact that someone else goes. I'll give you fifty pounds if after that accent you can do a Scottish accent. Um, so I mean, there was an awful <laughs> lot of fun that we had, and Jester D, of course, was the one that was responsible for um, quite a few uh, for breaking Zach for a start with that water boatman um, beetle, which was horrific. Um, I think he was the one that plopped the money in and forced them to. To, to have to do it um, so and there was loads of people out there again throughout the night that we were all kind of doing that um, and just chucking money in the pot when we could and stuff so it was awesome and then of course the raffle comes and you kind of hope um, you know, you, you know you're, you've not given the money in for your chance to win because let's face it you know the amount of money we could put in you could probably buy quite a few of the prices yourself 
So to win anything is a bonus, and I, th- I thought the nicest way to pay back the people who got involved was if I do any win anything is to sort of offer it up and raffle it off to the group of people that were involved in securing the cow skin because I'm going to get that, which is awesome. And so therefore, the good news is, guys, I won <laughs> some prizes, which is awesome. And if you were watching the 24-hour stream last year, you'll know that I managed to win myself a copy a digital copy of Planet Coaster before it was released, which was, you know, epic, brilliant, fantastic prize. And this year, the first prize I won was a digital copy of Planet Coaster with downloadable content, which was excellent. You know, that's nice. I can, I can you know, we'll offer that up to the group, which is brilliant. And the next prize I won was a... Digital copy of Planet Coaster on downloadable content. So, um, I'm expecting next year that obviously I will go on to win three copies of Planet Coaster and it will be a disappointment if I don't. But we will offer these up to the guys that were involved. So, if, if you were involved in Ben's List, get in touch with them. First of all, I think we should really check and see who is interested in a Planet Coaster key because a lot of you may already have one. So, if you get in touch with Ben and let him know, he can sort of verify your involvement and then we will run a raffle for anybody that's interested in that. I think that's the fairest way to do it, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, that seems fair to me. I mean, I think either that will. Do it, do it like that, and then if you've got anything left over, I'm sure it'll be appreciated as Elite Meat or LaveCon when it can be accepted, but won by somebody else who's already got a copy of it, and then it can go to the next one. It's fantastic. It's the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Thank you on a very personal note, Ben. Thank you so much for arranging that. It's not often people catch me out, and you did a sterling job. Thank you so much. Well, I am delighted we managed to catch you out, but, you know, to go a bit L'Oreal on it, you're worth it. Oh, God. <laughs> a bit L'Oreal on it. Get a room now. Yeah, yeah. He's I not mean, wrong, though. He is worth it. The amount he puts into the community and he doesn't get anything back from it most of the time. Absolutely. He gets kudos. What more does he want? Yeah. Oh, and the demand for more free stuff. Of course, yeah. And criticisms, that's always always good as well. We love that. No, not at all. It's an absolute pleasure. The community is something that drives itself, and there's an awful lot of us that just push and push and push and try and help make sure things happen, and it is amazing. You know, it is amazing. And the recognition you get for it is a bonus. It's not what you do it for, but it is nice, and it's nice to be able to work with people out there that are, you know, equally crazy and, and excited and, and the stuff that you know we do as a collection as well you know LaveCon and the things we put together for that it's just nice to be involved and help and so you know seeing these things come off at the end is the, is the result seeing people having fun and uh, enjoying themselves and making friends and overcoming their own issues and demons and stuff and being part of that that's that's the payoff yeah, and your love, and your love, Alien. Yes, uh, of course. <laughs> your love is completely welcome and appreciated. <laughs> I mean, the other, the other. Uh, I think there's three other highlights to to mention. I mean, the audio team trying to exit the station blindfolded was funny. Also, the odd one of the the things where the audio team. Um, Went behind the scenes and showed them how how you put together the the sound effects for a, for a jump. <laughs> Did anyone else see that video? 
Yeah, I saw that. I don't I think did, it was actually yeah. how they did it, but it was a very good live Foley version of a of a hyperdiction. I will never look at a rubber chicken in the same light again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask, but I am kind of intrigued now. <laughs> and um, well, on a personal note, my uh, my big highlight was when they they announced the um, the fiction results because I got third <laughs> out of 150. Congratulations, Colin. So, can we get story time with Colin then? <laughs> if people want me to put together an audio version of a will, there's already an audio version of previous chapters, but um, yeah, if people yeah, want to. I think we need to do a live radio version of the different voices to put the sound effects. <laughs> well, I can put the sound effects in. If only we had someone on the stream who knew a lot about audio. <laughs> I can't think who that would be. Yeah. Oh, such a witch, Chris. Um, yes. On the, on the on, because of part of the the whole community thing that that Grant has been gushing on about. Um, would you like to mention stuff about the Patreon issues that have suddenly turned up with uh, Escape Velocity? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. It's all good. Um, so yeah, Patreon I've kind of, so I'm, let, me, let me just rewind for a moment because I'm not sure who's listening to this and I don't know who knows it. Um, so I produce a, an audio drama, um, based on Elite Dangerous. So for, to, to go back even more to the beginning, an audio drama is a, like an audio book, but instead of there being a narrator, it's, it's, it's actors and there's sound effects. And it's basically like watching a movie with your eyes shut <laughs> is the best way of describing it. Um, and so I produce that, and it's supported by a bunch of fantastic listeners and supporters uh, through Patreon. And that's how that's how Series 3 got made, uh, and that's how I've been sort of communicating with the listeners. Now, Patreon have recently, in the last couple of weeks, um, announced a change to their charging structure, which they, they basically said, oh, we've written to all the creators. Well, I've looked through my emails, and I can't see anything from them, so I don't know quite what's happened there. Um, but basically, they've what to give them their due. What they say they've tried to do is to take away fees that were being charged to creators and put those fees on the patrons. So the idea is that if I, you know, um, if I have a certain amount that, that I'm getting for escape velocity, that theoretically previously, like something like ten percent of that um, was was going in fees. What they say they're trying to do, although whether this will actually result in any more money coming my way is, is, is you know, yet to be seen, um, is that they're talking about moving the fees from the creators to the people donating, um, which sounds all very well and good in theory, but actually, to be honest, it doesn't really work. And it just puts people off coming and supporting a Patreon, um, particularly since there are loads of people who basically they give like one dollar to like 20 different Patreon creators. Uh, and this kind of thing is going to hit them quite hard because it's basically if you give like a dollar, then your Patreon amount is going to go up to one dollar 40 or 45 or something like that, which if you're, if you're doing that to 20 different creators is quite a lot. Whereas if, if what you do is you only give what you only support one patron and you give them like $20, then your total goes up to like, $21 or something like that and that's just, that's just it so it's not a very well, you know whether Patreon are trying to get rid of their low level supporters 
um, I'm not totally clear. But the thing that frustrates me about it is that as a creator, you want people to come and support your work. I mean, I'm desperate for people to come and support the Escape Velocity Patron um, because it's so time consuming and costly to make. Um, and I, I really can only make it because people are, people are supporting me. Um, and, and I want people to come and do that. And one of the things that when you are, you know, whether you're, whether you're a creator that's just trying to fund a hobby or whether you're someone that's me that's trying to build a, build a business around making audio entertainment and podcasts, um, actually, you know, the costs of doing business like fees and things, yes, they're annoying, but you accept that those fees are there. Like I use for my online store, uh, I use a website called Gumroad. And they charge, they obviously charge me a fee for being my online store. But I don't, I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, isn't it dreadful that not all of this money goes to me? Because they're doing, you know, they're doing an awful lot of the work. They're, they're processing the payments. They're providing me with a platform. They're dealing with all the issues to do with customers and, and any problems that come up, you know, related to the money thing. So it's kind of frustrating to me that, that Patreon are putting those fees um, onto the end users because, you know, that's stuff that I can factor in. Whereas, you know, you're probably going to end up losing more patrons through people dropping out because they don't like the new charging system, which actually then ultimately, you know, for someone like me, um, you know, ultimately means less income for working on what we're trying to work on, which sucks, obviously. And it's particularly frustrating because what I originally wanted to come on tonight to talk about um, was the fact that, that you know, the, the remixed episodes of series one are coming fingers crossed as soon as next week Ooh. i'm determined to get some episodes out before christmas because i know a lot of you uh, travel and i want to kind of provide you with some good listening for your for your holiday traveling um so my aim my current aim is to get episodes one and two out this side of christmas uh and it's it's it is sounding awesome so far um and um yeah, so that's that. So I kind of, you know, obviously I wanted to be able to come on and say that the episodes one and two are coming out, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Now is the time to go to Patreon and sign up. And what I will say is if you want to support me through Patreon, I'm not closing it down. I'm not going anywhere with it. I'm not getting rid of it. Uh, it is still a perfectly valid platform to support me on. And all I can do is apologize that there are there are now fees for that. However, if you would like to support me in a way that doesn't involve Patreon, I have actually set up a new page um, at escapevelocity.laveradio.com. You can just support the show at PayPal. You can just go and uh, I've now got a paypal.me link, which is clickable from that page. It's paypal.me forward slash radio theatre workshop. Um, and yeah, that's if, if people don't want to do the Patreon thing, that, that's fine. Uh, and pe quite often people write to me and say, I want to support the show, but I don't want to sign up for Patreon. Um, there is there is a means that you can do that now. Um, and I guess the benefit of that is if you're, you know, one of the things that's a pain about Patreon is it's all done in US dollars. Mm. Um, so unless you are one of my wonderful American listeners, um, you're, you're basically getting charged to convert your currency to dollars. And then I'm getting charged to convert it from dollars to pounds, which is so yeah paypal you can just do whatever you want so that's basically it that's that's basically you know the situation with patreon patreon is kind of a pain i think it would be less galling for me if i'd been releasing content if i was like a monthly creator it would be just one of these kind of ongoing things 
what's frustrating for me is that I obviously only charge patrons when I actually make a release. So I finally got to this point um, where I'm about to do a release and then Patreon have kind of pulled the rug out from under my feet. So I've, I'm very tired. I've spent a lot of today running around, pulling my hair out, trying to work out how to kind of secure the future of escape velocity. Thankfully, my patrons are the best patrons in the world. And the large majority of them have said that uh, they're happy to do whatever I want to do. I mean, some of them would prefer to donate through PayPal, and that's absolutely fine. I'm going to give them directions to do that. And some of them have said, if you want to stay with Patreon, we're happy to stay with Patreon. So I'm very fortunate with my patrons because they and the elite community in general are the best people in the world. Um, but yeah, it does it does mean that long-term probably going to be looking at alternatives to Patreon um, unless unless they get the finger out and change something. But, yeah. hey, there you go. That's me. Uh, sorry, there was a question. Did you post a question, by the way? There was a question, yes, about Lave, Re Lave Revolution. Oh, Lave Revolution there is pre-orders. You can pre-order Lave Revolution at the Radio Theatre Workshop store. If you go to www.radiotheatreworkshop.com, click on the store, you can pre-order the download in USB editions, uh, and that will be released at Lavecom. And mm. I've also got another question for you, actually, Chris. With Go for it. So regarding the uh, PayPal things, because, yeah, I might consider jumping over to PayPal, and you know, uh, if I can give you a donation every time you... Is there a way that I can say, whenever Jarvis asks for a donation, give it to him automatically, like I, I know with... With Netflix, for example, I've I've authorized it to go out. Yeah, every month I'll give them seven quid or whatever it is, and that go, comes out of my PayPal account and goes to Netflix. Is there a way that I can say I trust Jarvis, so take my money? I don't think there is. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know off the top of my head whether you can set PayPal up to give like a certain amount of money or like a you know like a standing order, like a thing we say to PayPal, do this every month. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, that's one of the things about sticking with Patreon is that Patreon does provide that functionality. Um, and it's kind of a pain that Patreon are able to do this because really they're, they're kind of the only platform that really do exactly what they do. I mean, there's a few other sites that do similar things, but not quite the same. The one that I'm most excited about is Kickstarter are doing their own regular donations thing called, it's called Drip. Um, oh, lovely. I don't, that sounds wet. I know. I don't know <laughs> how long their marketing department spent coming with that. I know. I know. I think their website is d.rip or something like that as well, which is potentially even worse. Um, and as far as I can tell, they are still on a kind of beta process for that. And it is by invitation only, and I have not been invited. Um, so someone was asking me if I could if I could migrate to Drip. I don't think I can until they open it up as a platform. Um, there is another one that I've looked at that does actually, it doesn't support multiple currencies. You can basically pick which currency you want to deal in. Um, but that seems to only be a monthly thing. It doesn't seem to be on a per release thing. So once I can kind of get my finger out and get my audio production to the stage where I'm producing stuff monthly, uh, that might be something to move over to. But at the moment, it's all still backed up. Uh, I, I am looking at systematizing audio drama production. But I'm kind of bummed that I've come on to talk about Escape Velocity and I'm, I'm talking about all this nightmarish Patreon stuff. I wanted to talk about how great Escape Velocity is and how great the uh, new remixes of Series 1 
sound. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a question. I do have well, a question of the new series one, actually. What's that? How how close to the originals did the new series one sound? Um, a series one and two sound. I, I know you've got the new ship sounds in there to be remixed in. Um, yeah. So is this going to have much to do with the lengths? Because in series one and two... Um, I was listening to it with um, Rin the other day, and from going from series two to series three, I definitely noticed the yeah the ship jumps that you used in the originals were significantly shorter. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, there are. It's funny enough, actually, there are a few. Uh, you're you're getting slightly ahead of me because one of the things that. Um, one of the things that I'm offering the Patreon backers for the Series 1 remixes, because I'm not able to provide the, the backers who get, like, behind-the-scenes photos, I'm not able to give them behind-the-scenes photos for the Series 1 and 2 remixes. And I was thinking about what I could do that would kind of make up for it. And what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to do a bit of a commentary, like a director's commentary of the, the original episodes and just talk about what, in each scene, kind of what needs changing. Uh, and it's funny when you talk about length, because I've actually, like, for, for, the op- for the very opening scene of Series 1, Episode 1, I've put in now those um, orbital traffic control clicks from the game. You know, like when it says, welcome, Lake on Echo Lima, India, that kind of thing. But there's, like, a kind of comms click at the beginning and end of those Oh, yeah. dialogue which is very nasa like i mean if you listen to like nasa recordings that's how their comms work and what i've done is i've put those into the dialogue and funnily enough it's actually increased the length of that scene by 20 seconds so there's an <laughs> there's an interesting little fact so it's one of those things i am mindful of that is it is going to alter the pace ever so slightly um to be honest the biggest thing that's changing the pace is the music cues because the music cues create a whole new pace to the scene and a whole new emotion to the scene and actually it means that you end up moving stuff around to kind of allow the music to help tell the story um i mean it sounds better i mean i don't people have said you know you don't want to do a george lucas on it i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to add in random stuff that doesn't need to go in there it is the 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 two parts of it one is about replacing the sound effects from the game that we didn't have first time and the other bit is actually just making it the way I originally wanted it to sound and didn't know how to do. Um, so it's got, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm better at, I'm better at audio mixing. I'm better at music scoring. Um, I'm, I'm better at lots of things that I've learned to do over the last five years. Uh, and it's really an opportunity to, to give one and series one and two, that kind of special treatment. Um, and yeah, so if you, I mean, if you go to escapevelocity.laveradio.com and click on the new support link, you can see there a table of all the support levels uh, and what, what people get for those, which I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> but yeah, there's, uh, so the digital episode booklet is kind of like a CD inlay that I do for each episode. But in that, there's a, there's, there'll be stuff where I talk about things that happen in that episode and I give a bit more of an insight into the, the kind of wider world behind the episode. Um, obviously, there's the, the USB cards are really popular. Um, so at the end of the series, if you've supported all the episodes at that level, you get like a USB card with all of the, your features on and the high quality versions of the episodes. And uh, they're kind of they're like these credit card USB cards with the um, oh. artwork from the series on. So they're very cool. Uh, and then there's the video diaries, there's the outtakes. So pun. They're quite durable, actually. I've still got my original one. And it still <laughs> looks like it came out of the packaging. They should be. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I think they're really nice. I think they're really nice. Um and yeah, loads of people 
when I when I because I because I asked my patrons whether or not they were happy for me to do a series one and two remix, and there were loads of them that kind of said, "To be honest, I'm just in it for the USB card." <laughs> so that's cool. If people if people like doing those things and they like doing those things, so uh, that's that's really awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's you know that's basically everything, and it's yeah it sounded really good, and it's nice that because um, the other thing of course is that when I when I started the series, Alan was kind of producing music for me as the series went on. So when you by the time you get to series three, I've got quite a big music library from Alan to use. That's the Escape Velocity score, but obviously back in the first few episodes, I only had one or two pieces to choose from, um, so I'm able to go back and you know put in a lot more a lot more good music, which is good, great. I mean, I must admit, the the Patreon issue is actually hitting me quite hard because I, I follow, I support about three, three or four patrons, including yourself, Chris, and you, all of a sudden you can see the things starting to go up. You sort of it's rubbish. Thinking, yeah, I'm it's to rubbish because that. they only charge you they only charge you once at the end of the month for all the people that you support, and then they send that money different ways. Um, so they're penalising people that support multiple shows and people who support small amounts. And it's it's really you know I, I I don't know I don't know I don't know what they're thinking I really hope they I really hope they rethink it I think otherwise we might be seeing you know the end of Patreon as a viable platform which is mm. a real shame for creatives I think mm. I mean the the other one of the other podcasts I follow um, <laughs> uh, the Guard Frequency they they rely on on uh, Patreons and I have never heard them so angry in my life <laughs> about this oh really. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, we'll we'll move on. I think we'll skip the newsletters tonight because, um, well, <laughs> there's been so much other. It's stuff very going skippable. On. Yes, they are very skippable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh dear. I mean, the main the main thing that we missed out has been that Sandra was on a couple of weeks ago uh, with the. Uh, the engineering changes. Now, as has been rightly pointed out, I mean, guys, do you want to hold off on, on discussing these until after Sandra's been on this Thursday so that we've got the whole picture? Shan? If Shan's got his microphone turned on and plugged in and enabled and things. I think I was thinking um, Shan did go a little bit Jeremy Paxman again last night on Sandy <laughs> um, asking about the let me see if I can get this no we can't hear you Shan uh, let's see if I get Shan's question right it's basically so at the moment when we go off and we say hi Mr. Engineer and then you've got to go and do the grind it's like I now need to go and buy 10 level 1 guns that I'm never going to use. Then I need to go and buy 10 level 2 upgrade, 10 level 2 multi-cannon upgrades that you're never going to use. Then I need to go and buy 10 level 3 multi-cannon upgrades, and so on. And that's frankly a bit of a ball ache and it's a bit, bit, of, bit dull. And I think Shan was asking Sandro, is that still going to be the case with the new thing? Uh, am I back now, Ben? Yay! Back. We can hear You're you. back. Yeah, like so Sean, was that the question you were asking? Well, there's been a bit of discussion on the forum uh, from one of Sandro's comments on the first live stream he did. Um, and to paraphrase it, he said, You will need to up upgrade 
each level to its maximum before you get boosted to the next one. So the inference seems to be is you have to max what's possible at grade one before you can then go into grade two and grade three, grade four okay. and I, grade I, five. Okay. Um, so, oh, it's a grant. So my so my question was is is that really what you meant, or have we missed a trick somewhere in in the description? Um, so what it seems to be, and what it seems to be is that in order to get a module to level five, you have to roll, you have to get it from level one to level two, level two to level three, level four to level five, for every new module you buy. So this concept of leveling up to grade five with an engineer and then staying at level five has gone. So if you buy a new power plant, you have to go roll all of level one, all of level two, all of level three, all of level four before you get to level five. Ah, right, I see. <laughs> and what was his um, and that's what his answer is. That 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 was what his answer was. There was also because I also also asked him about well, what about the grandfather module? And I must admit it was getting quite late and I haven't had a chance to, to hear the spoon back. But as far as my recollection uh, goes hang on a sec, Shan. Grant can I drop something on you? <laughs> yeah. If you look in the no-shows, you'll see there is actually a link there that you can click on, um, which is what Shan was too asleep to listen to. Um, yeah, let's listen to it. And, uh... It's at the bottom of our engineering notes, Grant, where it says Sandy's clip. The grade one to five, that one? That's the one there. If you click on that, that'll open up a Twitch thing that goes directly to the to the section. Okay, right. We'll let that play just now, then, and we have Mazanta. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, we're looking at um, if it's a, a brand new item, you'll need to do um, rolls from one to five on that item. Um, if it's an item you've already got, you, you can grandfather it. And when you grandfather it, if it's not at maximum, then it'll be put back a level, and then you'll have to roll the next. I don't know if that's actually yeah, answering the question. Will, you need to re-roll grades one to five for every engineering module. So you won't need to you won't need to re-roll if you've already got it, um, unless you want to switch over to the new system. So the, it's just it actually, it's worth pointing out on that um, when we when you, the items are grandfathered, um, it means you can still use them, but that you can't ever upgrade them. You have to kind of switch over when you upgrade them, and when you switch over, you lose a level of engineering. Uh, it's worth pointing out that um, the way we've set up the numbers currently for the new system should, in general, give you slightly better end results. Um, it, it might not match super ultra god rolls that you could have got in the current system, but in general, it will it will come out. It should come out better because we've, we've nudged the numbers up. Too long. There we go. Did that answer it? It does. Yes, and it sort of matches my recollection. So I kind of read that or heard that, and I thought, ah, personally, I don't think that sounds particularly good because. What it means is, is a number of things. First of all, you're, the only way you can get to grade five, if that's what you want to do, and I fully accept there are people who just want to upgrade to whatever and then leave it, and that's absolutely fine. But people who want to grow to grade five, they then have to do lots of craft and trash to get there, and it seems as though that's the only way you'll get there is by doing craft and trash. So the, it appears as though the days of selling your exploration data or doing bounties or 
mining or whatever it is to raise a reputation with an engineer are gone or will be gone. Um, so there's a whole craft and trash thing I have, an, I have personally have an issue with. Um, I don't know whether people agree with that, disagree with that, or, or, or whatever, that particular thought, but it was, it was this mechanic. Um, also, um, what I particularly didn't like is it seems to be busy work. It doesn't seem to serve any purpose other than to act as a time gate for what you're trying to do. It doesn't need any additional skill. It doesn't improve your gameplay. It's just busy work. Uh, you know, it's almost doing it for the sake of doing it. And as a game mechanic, I personally think that's suboptimal. Um, yes, I guess it's consistent, but it seems to me is there has to be a better way of achieving an engineering result than craft and trash and this um, time gating. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've, Sorry. Done, I've, I've done quite a lot of engineering. I, I haven't got my stats in front of me, but I think I've done 1,700-ish grade 5 roles. I have to well. admit, just, just listening to Sandro's in that, Sandro in that clip brought back those horrors that I had from editing Sandy for our show that we did with him, where... You know he's saying something, and it's something quite good. But turning what he's saying into an actual sentence is <laughs> an interesting experience. I, I think my, my main thing with engineering, it's always been my beef since I brought it in, is I think the skill in engineering should be about producing a mix of modules and capabilities that achieve what you want it to achieve rather than how much spare time you have in coming up with something or other. I mean, for example, if you're, I mean, I, mean, I saw um, MindWatch talking about with LMOs. If, if you think of engineering as, if you like, your armor stats in an LMO, yes, you can have a random drop of armor, but you can then also apply different stats, different effects to that armor to achieve the results you want. And that's what I hope they're doing with the secondary effects. However, in other MMOs, you don't need to ditch the, your max level armor and recraft it from base level to max level all the time. And it, it, I don't know, it doesn't sit right with me at the moment. Of course, the views may change. Sandra might come on Thursday and we will realize it's a wonderful idea and we're completely out of the out of whack forever criticising it. But, I don't know, I'm uneasy about it, to be honest. Oh, my Discord is getting in the way of, of, of my, my show notes now. This is, this is not good. So, I mean... I'm in this, I'm in this funny situation with it, though, because it's a bit like some, some of these features, because they've been talking about changing engineering for such a long time. Engineering is one of those things that I never really got into when it first came out as a feature. I mean, I've tried it. And I've played around with it and I've created a couple of um, modules that do interesting things. 
but I, I never really got like massively into it. And then because they've been talking, people like fair players and developers have been talk, talking for such a long time about how it's kind of a flawed feature. And then Frontier said, oh yeah, we're going to revisit it and we're going to fix it. I've actually then, it's one of these things that I've kind of not got into because I know they're about to change it. Do you know what I mean? It's one of these things yeah. where I've been putting it off because I feel like, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like if you're, it's like if your second toilet's not quite finished, you just think, well, I'm not going to use it. We're not going to use it until the skirting boards are done. So that's the most middle-class analogy I could ever have come up with. But, but it's it's just one of these things. You know what I mean? It's like because it's because it feels like a feature that's not done, and because they're talking about the fact that they're going to change it, but nobody's clear on how it's going to change. It's one of these things where I just think I'm not going to go and play with that feature right now because it feels like a moving target. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, does it not feel like a misrelease? Or maybe something that was rushed. It's never worked (laughs) properly. It's always been grindy, wasty, timey. Frontier. I think think it's one of these things you can put down to seems like seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, I I can definitely see the logic behind it. I just don't think it's very fun gameplay in practice. I mean, one one of the things that it did do. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I've only got six engineers left to do now. But um, one of the things it did do is it did introduce me to aspects of the game that I never thought of trying. And that, that's been quite a good sort of um, eye-opener for me. Yeah, I mean, that's quite a positive thing. Like, if it, like even just hunting down the materials and stuff for it is, is kind of a new... Do you know what I mean? Like, like you say, it's kind of new gameplay stuff. Um, one of them... Sorry, one of the measures they're bringing in that supposedly will help this grind is the materials trader. Now, of course, what we haven't got yet is information on how that works. Um, only that you'll be able to change low-grade materials uh, for high-grade materials at an uh, exaggerated rate. And I think people are pinning their hopes on this material trader somehow reducing time. But I'm a little bit sceptical of that because if it was easy, oh dear, I think we're we're getting um, we're getting a little bit of a problem with with Shan's mic here. Am I not again? Um, I'm. Fr- I think you are cutting out. Is everybody else he- hearing that? Could be. The, could be. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of pops and clicks and things. Is this better? Is it, my battery's going out Maybe that's the cue for to shut up and wait for these clarification next week. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll leave the engineering stuff until um, Sandro's finally commented and all the feedback that he's had from um, everybody on the on the forums. Um, apparently, the feedback has been very positive, uh, and so it, it's 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 um, it looks like that will be an interesting deep dive on Thursday night. So. Um, Hopefully we'll come back to that. So in the meantime, um, Grant, can can we run uh, an advert of your choice? Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg. And my wife, Barb's, is a whiz with a sewing machine. 
Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> That's obviously... A, who did that one, then? <laughs> that is one of the... That was Vantian. <laughs> well done, Vantian. That was a good one, that. Oh, we had, to, we had some amazing, amazing sort of stuff that you can check out in the Hutton Media page, which uh, we just had last week, uh, including uh, a reworking of the Jameson crash logs, uh, but in the style of Cecil. So... <laughs> Oh God! Oh, oh, that that I'll have to have a listen to that just just for the pure pleasure of of just um <laughs> the pain. Uh, well, first thing we're going to discuss um in the community is that um yeah, there's been quite a big hoo-ha over a band player that uh, that came over on Steam. Now, did anybody else follow this on Steam? Because I, I I must admit I got a a fantastic sense of um satisfaction seeing that not only did this player get banned from the game steam banned them as well so am i wrong to say i had a righteous laugh at this no because i probably would have been righteously laughing with you so uh, effectively someone complained or put a negative review up on steam about uh, elite uh, to which Brett responded, saying that you have been banned for game automation, scripts that are used to ga- cheat and gain an unfair advantage, and, mul- and the use of multiple accounts t- to do that. Yeah, it was basically one of these things of, hey, why have I been banned? And the response is, you've been banned because of all that illegal stuff you did. Uh, oh, I think we've got some bleeding through there. <laughs> Yeah, we're just getting some uh, bounce back there from from uh, Shannon. I'm not sure he's obviously having. I think he's picking up uh, broadcasts on his uh, new headset. <laughs> so yes, um, the upshot was that this person uh, was banned from Steam as well. Do you think that's too much, or do you think it's right? I think uh, it's uh, right. Quite right. They to were me. proved to be cheating. So. The scene doesn't like cheaters as much as the developers. Yeah, it says them right. They 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 kind of brought it to themselves, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I think. Do you think Frontier need to publish um, to publicise this kind of thing more? No, because that goes really far against their policies of naming and shaming. It also doesn't allow them to fix the problems when uh, there's an issue that's uncovered where it's actually not a genuine case of cheating. So they need to keep the ability for saving face for people and for being able to tackle these things in a sensitive way. That guy called them out. He He made it public. And therefore, it was appropriate because normally most gaming companies will not respond to a cheat in a way that undermines them. I'm not sure if that was a mistake on Frontier's part. It was awesome for everybody else. But if it turned out that that guy wasn't the guy that was cheating, then you can see how that potentially would be a, a really bad thing. Yeah. So, so Jan's just mentioned in writing that. You don't need to name and shame as such, but giving a stat each week suggesting we ban 10 players for cheating 
for scripting whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that that works. That could be an interesting read. Well, keep it anonymous, but um, yeah. But no, to be the guy admitted he had six accounts. I don't care if three of them were for his kits, as he he did write kits down there, didn't he? Not kids. Yeah, but you know we've got the likes of uh, Royal Hankey, who has what seven pilots, of which he has multiple pilots uh, that are elite in exploration, and he's doing it just so that he can have the fun. So I mean, having multiple yeah, accounts. There is a difference between having yeah. three accounts that are all elite exploration. To be elite exploration, you've got to have gone out there and done it. To be fair, whereas having that many accounts just so that you can go and do a certain couple of things. We've always said since the beginning of the development plan that when you have ratings based on kills, ratings based on stuff, that there's nothing really there in-game to stop you from having multiple accounts and getting wanted in one, destroying it in the other, and getting yourself up to elite and bounty hunting and stuff along those lines. You know, there's, there's no way to genuinely stop that so the fact that they look into the situations and they find other transactions that they deem to be very much dishonest and uh, unfair and then tackle them that's great so it's good this story came out and as you say i think it'd be nice to have that kind of start because it gives confidence in a game when you see that they're on top of cheats I hate to cut you off, Grant, but please go and Doc. You're being rammed by an Asp Explorer. You're down at 40%, 38% hull at the minute. Well, while you're doing that, Shan's been whispering to us, and apparently the guy was using his accounts, I'm guessing in multi as a multi-crew thing, to basically get, get the pips. Yeah, if, if my sound is okay at the moment, uh, I'll just have to change over to manual microphone that's right. apparently what he was doing it was um gaining a advantage in pvp by if you like using a uh, by multi-crewing in but not actually being multi-crew yeah which, which uh, whether that's correct or not is purely um speculation but mm. it, it's the sort of thing that other games companies do sanction players for that sounds Right, I mean, he's obviously abusing game mechanics, which does go against the terms of service, so... And sort of scripting, he was, he was using scripts as well, so... He, I want to know, how was he doing the scripts? That's that's what I didn't quite understand, but... I suppose I if we knew that, then... That. I was yeah. that, because if you look at stuff, what voice attack does, um, that uses quite advanced yeah. scripts to, like, uh, get docking permission. And things like that. So, what's the difference between a voice pack doing docking permission and whatever this guy was doing? So, even more important, you know, what's the difference? Not so much docking permission, but what about their escape pattern alpha things or whatever? Which basically is just fiddling around with your thrusters while you're flying around, but still. Doesn't voice attack work through your keybinds, though? Isn't it? A little bit yeah. more to do with how it interacts with the game, not specifically the fact that he's scripting, but more the fact that he's not doing it through a known uh, 
allowable source. Rather than using sort of uh, Cheat Engine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So the difference yeah. between Voice Attack and Cheat Engine. Yeah, it could I be. Think, I, I just no idea. Uh, I think they uh, closed the Cheat Engine um, bug or exploit when they went to 64-bit. Um, or that was what the last I heard of it. There was a forum post someone did on some dodgy forum that told people how to hack Elite. But when they moved to 64-bit client, nothing worked anymore, apparently. Mm. I would be surprised if Cheat Engine ever worked for Elite Dangerous to begin with anyway. It did. It's always been a heavily multiplayer game. <laughs> oh, no, it's how people got to um, these non-jumpable stars. Uh, they would cheat their way across the other side of the galaxy, uh, register the star, then jump back again. Oh yeah, the, yeah. there was the, um, the the secret hackers group. Not that they were secret to Frontier, but they were they were basically uh, the white hats. Yeah, they were they were. Um, well, we had uh, I, I can't. Yeah, the, the dreaded Commander Yan. I can't really say it because it was there was things. That, I mean, they were they were acting in the point of view where actually, in fact, I think yeah, Yan. Um, had to buy himself another account so that he had one that he could do legitimate stuff in. But he went down... Wasn't Mr. Stapler in that group as well? Yeah, yeah, but they had things like gigantic multi-cannons on the tops of the sidewinders. They had scripts that ran trade routes without actually having the game open. Um, yes, you could teleport between stations. Yeah, so uh, they, did, they did everything. And, of course, the cash hacks and the shield hacks and all those kind of things. Because what it would do is it would mess around with your client and with the PPP, PP2P structure of the game, you could corrupt your client and feed dodgy data into the machines, into the server. And that was clamped down on, on behalf of, you know, on the, on the backs of their hard work and their publishing of that information, they managed to really knock them um, down very, very quickly before even uh, Gamma. Before Beta, in fact. So, and, and they could keep on top of it because these guys kept the the information going to them and, you know, did an invaluable service. Obviously, there's other more more elaborate scripts and things and, and maybe even less elaborate scripts that have popped up since being found, being published, being dealt with. Oh, my, my wife is telling me that I'm talking rubbish. No, 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 I'm not talking rubbish. Um, well, Grant, you did mention. So I know we'll wrap up in a minute. You did mention about um, naming and shaming all players, and uh, one of the things ArenaNet did uh, with Guild Wars Two, almost four days after Guild Wars Two released back in 2012, was there was an exploit that allowed you to um, get money very quickly um, through a, a typo in a uh, currency amount. And they banned 3,000 players uh, in one go, four days after release, for this particular exploit. And one of the things they did, which I thought was quite hilarious in a way, but also quite uh, instructional, was whenever the person appealed against the decision, they would publish the log of what they did, as if to say, right, there's your evidence, got any questions? And, you know... It just shut down people so quickly when they saw the amount of information ArenaNet had collected on what they had done. Um, it meant that people are now or were a lot more scared of exploiting in Guild Wars 2 than what they ever would have done if they had just kept it quiet and didn't tell anyone about it. Mm -hmm. That would be an interesting read as well. If Frontier 
um, was to release something like that. I mean, there's data protection issues and stuff like that with doing that nowadays, but, yeah. Well, slightly connected to this, and, and uh, well, it, a bit more positive note about Elite Dangerous. Um, we've had threads on the forums thanking Frontier for being one of the good guys regarding microtransactions. Now, <clears throat> if you've been a gamer, it's been pretty impossible to miss the Star Wars Battlefront 2 loot box controversy. So, um, there's been a massive thread in the forum thanking Frontier for actually getting it right. Now, I understand that um, they get this, they're the Three main things that have been highlighted here is cosmetic-only transactions, no loot boxes, slash play-to-win, and slash gambling. But what is the EA three-stage monitoring system? I've never even heard of that. Neither had I until I started looking down on that thread. And if I just reopen it, because it was a while ago, I um, found out about it. Yeah, it's it's three modules... Aki explains this. Yeah. So we've got three modules that observe and monitor and these days manipulate the gameplay. So EA's first module, no one complains about it. It just observes your play styles and your habits. The second module will take the data from module one and match make you with other people of equal skill level. Still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the third module is described to be beyond bad. This module simply takes the data from module one and mess with it, messes with it as well as the data from module two to promote microtransactions. So oh. quick explanation is, say you enjoy playing a game as a sniper, yes. it will pick you up against better snipers than you so that you see you need to go and pay some money for a sniper rifle. For a little while, they'll pitch. You pay the money for the sniper rifle. You then get pitted against newbie players, so that you feel really, really good with your transaction. And then the cycle repeats. Oh my God! That, that is, a is new evil. Level of fuckery. I am sorry. I can't believe this. <laughs> I tried my hardest Beep. not to say that word myself. <laughs> it's not very nice. I was, I was in shock when I read it. And there will be information on the show notes about it. Right. It is pretty nice. It reminds me of a case I heard today with a, uh, a rainforest company. Um, not mentioning a name, but rainforest company. And what they would do is they'd look at the uh, machine that was browsing their uh, website. And they would charge more if you're using an Apple Mac than what you were for as a PC. Because the demographics say Mac users tend to have more disposable income. So, therefore, they can afford to up the price by a couple of cents or 50p or whatever it was and get more money because the Mac people won't notice the extra money. (sighs) I mean, it's endemic in in the system. I've seen it before. I've, I've seen other things as well. So, like... If you buy a piece of software for other platforms, say Windows, you buy the piece of software and your updates usually come free. I was um, using a piece of software on my Mac and switched over to the Mac again recently to see that it had been outdated by a newer version. And they said, oh, by the way, if you want to use this version, it's another $22, please. 
Mm. What? Getting back on topic, yeah, Frontier definitely the good guys. Mm. Um, in fact, Guild Wars 2 recently came in with some flack because uh, the latest expansion they released uh, mounts first time in game. And uh, you can now buy skins for your mount. So you've got a Velociraptor and you can put Peacock feathers on or something. But the usual cost of microtransactions in Guild Wars was very similar to Elite. You know, eight quid was about the most you know, you'd expect to pay for one. But this particular mount skin was £25, which was the cost of you know, a completely new game. And the, the, the rationale was, well, we need to charge extra to keep the money coming in. And um, you don't have to buy it anyway. And it's, it caused quite a storm how much extra they were charging on top of it. And I think that's the other thing Frontier should be commended for is actually their cosmetic item prices are, I think, pretty reasonable. Mm. Uh, I never get the impression they're kind of fleeting people. I would have agreed up until I brought the Christmas lights for the ships. One measly string of lights for four pounds. It's not one measly string of lights, though. It's is it for one all your ships? String of, it's for every ship. But it's for Christmas. Yes, it's for every ship, but it is still only one measly strip of lights. Well, that's like saying one skin is only for one one ship as well. Or a ship skin, or a ship kit is only. I think when you, know, you go exploring next topic, I think you should put the Christmas lights up somewhere in June and you're in the middle of nowhere and you can't dock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can't completely fed up with it. Challenge accepted. Oh. Next time I go exploring, it's for Christmas lights. Uh, hi, DJ Truthsayer has just come along and said hi to us. Hi, Hello, DJ Truthsayer. Did the lights come? The tiny little unicorn from the Sovereignty. So. I don't think it's come with a dud bulb. Did you see the Sovereignty are from Coventry? He was saying the Sovereignty are from Coventry, Ike. Incidentally, talking about Christmas lights, um, have you ever been hyperdicted or shut down with the Christmas tree on your dashboard? Let me guess, the, the Christmas tree is immune to Thargo's no, EMP effects. No, the Christmas effect. tree shuts down as well as your ship. Thargo is ruining Christmas. Oh. See, that's another reason to go after them. So no, I like them for this. I would applaud this. I will pay them to ruin Christmas. So, do we have any questions this week? Ouch. <laughs> Judging by by the deafening silence, I guess we don't. Not so that I've any, noticed. No. No. So, if people want to send us questions or ask questions about the show, please get in contact in the usual address, which we'll we'll talk about at the at the final wrap up. So, we've got some shout outs here. Um, the first shout out is from a commander, uh, Commander Hoopy, or Hoopy at Hoopy Dave on 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 Twitter. Um, he says, "Hailing the crew of the Orange Sidewinder, I'm doing the London Marathon in 2018 for my charity running club, brackets Coco. So I need to raise two grand. I got various ideas." To get there, but I thought I could do a separate joint set of fundraising with special effect after hearing about them all on Lave Radio. Uh, I tweeted the following, which by my very limited media standards got lots of retweets and likes. Elite Dangerous, at Elite Dangerous, I have won a place at the London Marathon with Team Coco Run. I'm raising money for them and special effect. 
would you help me raise £2,000? The Virgin Money page splits 50-50 between Special Effect and Coco. Coco basically helps to teach or train children in Africa so they can improve their situation. The Running Club is an online one and purely exists to raise money for the main charity. Uh, and we have a link um, for the uh, an example of their work. So we thought we'd give them a bit of a shout-out, especially with all everything that's been going on with uh, Special Effect this week. And we also have the Elite Yuletide, which is coming for a wonderful group of commanders. With three months of the uh, three months in the making, they are releasing a video every day, starting from December the thirteenth, with an overall story arc. Is this guy? Is this the broadcast guys? Yes. And Commander Turgeon. Turgeon and yeah, Ascorbius and yeah, a ton of people involved in that project. They've been working on it for uh, three months, as they say. And, yeah, oh, fantastic! It looks like it's going to be. I just, I would love to know how they do the lip sync stuff. That is just spectacular. Yeah, I must, I must admit, every time they come out with new videos, you just there thinking, yeah, no wonder they won the the video competition. Um, on other news, well, yes, LaveCon is still penciled in for the eighth to the tenth June. We have a link to the the CQC Discord in the show notes, as per usual. But we would like to make a formal announcement with uh, Lave Radio. Now, for some time, we have had both Ashley and Shan here, or Doctor Toxic and Shan, um, taking part as guest presenters. We would like to formally welcome them as presenters of Lave Radio as of now. So everybody, welcome to the new crew. Yay! Thank you very much. That is quite an honor, actually. After having been here for a while, just being friendly is now to be yeah. an official member of the Orange Sidewinder crew. I, I didn't a small print of any conscription documents. I've sent you an email with the small print. Don't worry, Shan. Yes, it normally it normally involves a, a wrench and an airlock, so be very careful. <laughs> I was just looking at Cal doing uh, the docking ring and wondering when he's actually going to man up and do the crisis off in Type Nine. <laughs> he's going to cow up, is he? Yeah. <laughs> grow, grow some others. No, I just rammed the palm and I blew up. So yes, it's a, it's a great honour to have you guys join us uh, officially, which is brilliant. Of course, this means you now have to do the vacuuming. Yeah, start at the bottom and work your way up. And well, actually, me. actually, I, I take issue with that. I can get NPCs to do the vacuuming and all the scat work. Only because you're going to kill them afterwards. That's fine. Well, um, who are our in-game commanders tonight? Who are basically oh, bashing each other about? We've got loads. We've got... Toxic, who's on the show on the show officially now? We got Frank Macbeth. We got oh, someone's exploding next to me. Is it me? No, it's not me. Uh, and Grace, Paul Archer's here. Grant's here. Shirag's here. Sledgecaller's here. Stephen Usher's here. I saw an alien earlier. Um, is there anyone else here who I've not got? I've got to get out of here before I die. Sorry, I'm just flying around the docking ring myself at the moment. Fair enough then. Well. We will we'll say thank you to everybody there. And, of course, there's a reminder that following the end of this show, we have the excellent Galnet news from Commander Peter Witherspoon. 
But that is it for another episode of Leave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook slash Lave Radio, and at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to http tinyurl.com slash lavechat, or you can join our TeamSpeak server where peak commanders come to hang out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half eight and is streamed out on laveradio.com slash live so thanks to Commander Jarvis if he's still with us yes but I was muted <laughs> that's <Sorry>. fine <laughs> thank you to, to Ben you're welcome. I'm going to have to give a shout out to Mindwipe on Twitch as well because he's being a whiny little girl. Oh, um, hello, Mindwipe. As well as God, I I am not reading everybody's name out on Twitch. No, There's that, 60 of you on Twitch. That's why we're skipping over the Twitch. There's two who will be there for half the show. <sighs> so, everybody in Twitch, thank you. <laughs> That'll have to do. Ow, sorry. Oh dear. Uh, Commander Shan, thank you. Thanks very much for having us. Thank you, Ashley. Doctor Toxic. Thank you very much. Thank you, the the uh well the words fill me, Commander Sarko Cow. Okay. You're you're welcome, uh, I think. <laughs> and thanks to all the commanders that have joined us outside Leave Station. So until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Is that like some orange inserted? Need a safe word. Space can be done. Digest 12th of November 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Profit in a Jumper. Aegis probes the probes. Thargoids replaced by frogs. The end of the galaxy. Profit in a Jumper.
An unidentified man in a roll-neck sweater claims to have secret details about a new Thargoid menace. The man, speaking on an unidentified broadcast signal, claimed that the Thargoid ships that Commander John Jameson and the INRA fought to destroy back in the early 3250s have returned to the galaxy and may soon be entering human-inhabited space. INRA is known to have developed a mycoid virus to attack these ships, which are commonly referred to as scouts. A crashed ship of this class can be seen in the HIP-17125 system on planet A3A. It appears to be small and manoeuvrable, but with relatively little attack capability. However, the messages recovered from one of the INRA bases talks of a hive ship. What if these little scouts are carried in great numbers aboard a much larger ship? What if there are many hundreds of these larger ships? Colonia doesn't seem so bad now, does it? In related news, on the same broadcast, the Space Loach's assistant, when asked if he wished the Thargoids to be our friends or our foes, was careful not to use the word Thargoid in his reply. He claimed to want to attack what he described as the alien menace, because they are, as he put it, killing everyone. What might this mean? Are the Cyclops and Basilisks not Thargoid? They certainly attack when provoked. But are they the deadly alien menace? Or are they just a little impatient? Aegis probes the probes. The Joint Superpower Initiative to investigate the aliens in the Pleiades seems to be moving away from its military roots. Admiral Aidan Tanner's Aegis was initially highly aggressive towards the Thargoid vessels, developing new anti-Xeno weaponry and undoubtedly shooting first. Their recent recruitment of hundreds of scientists shows that they're now prepared to do research too. Having started work analysing the Thargoid probes and sensors, Aegis believes that it's beginning to understand Thargoid data storage and transmission technology, which are known to include audio steganography, two-dimensional vector plots and Morse code. Aegis has also confirmed that the displays of light inside Thargoid structures are star maps, and that the Thargoids may have a completely different understanding about who owns what than we do. We think that we own the galaxy. The Thargoids know that they do. Thargoids replaced by frogs. Following the successful completion of the campaign to give the Rogue Runners a Thargoid-infested base, the Diamond Frogs are appealing for assistance to build a new home for their frog bear. As is usual for the Diamond Frogs, their appeal is for an interesting and eclectic variety of products, including beer, liquor, coffee, legal narcotics, computer components, power generators and superconductors. The Diamond Frog's fondness for legal highs has been noted previously, as has their fondness for licking the backs of toads. The End of the Galaxy The galaxy is coming to an end, according to knowledgeable soothsayers in the Pilots' Federation Forum. 
According to these wise counsellors, many of whom are so clever that they're unable to spell words in the conventional way, the galaxy is being run on a maintenance footing, and the communications hubs, navigation beacons and bases will soon be powered down, leaving humanity floating in the inky blackness of eternal night. What these super-intelligent beings do not realise is that this has already happened. The galaxy has already ceased to exist to all practical purposes. We live in a computer simulation of the galaxy, while our somniferous bodies are used to power an alien civilization. The Thargoids won in 3252. We just haven't woken up yet. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.